everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cajun Conservative, where we talk about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and showing the world that Cajuns are smart and Cajuns are right. All right, guys, so I just want to thank you again for joining me today on this glorious Sunday afternoon. We got some, uh, we got some exciting news. Uh, Trump just finished his speech at the CPAC, and my goodness, it was good to hear Trump again, not hearing him after six weeks. Uh, he went ahead and left um, six weeks ago from the White House, and it's just been a, as he said it, it took one month to go from America first to America last under the Biden administration. And that's one of many great lines you could say he did. But uh, we're not going to go ahead and deal too much on that. We got a lot of issues going on today. And as you know, we covered a whole week. But later on in this show, uh, the third segment, we're going to have Chad Conley be part of our podcast. He is running in the 5th Congressional District of the Louisiana Special Congressional Race that was held by Ralph Abraham. Uh, Luke Ledlow won that seat back in November and unfortunately passed away due to complications of COVID-19. So his wife is running in that race as well. And, um, you know, with, you know, in, in a race like that, that's heavy Republican. Um, there's a lot of people running and Julie Ledlow has been getting a lot of the, the publicity in that race, but. Chad Conley's moving on up there, and he wanted to go ahead and give us some of his opinions. And he's going to go ahead and be on the show on the third segment today. And we're going to go ahead and dive into a couple of issues. One, happy uh, new week to you guys. You know, it's um, bright and early Monday morning or wherever you listen to this. You know this episode, does uh, our podcast does drop on Mondays. And I'm just, I'm just excited and blessed, and I'm encouraged to be with you and that you have decided to listen to the show today. Um, remember to hit that subscribe button. You know that a lot of people don't know how much that helps me out. It helps tremendously. Also share with your friends. Also go look us up on Facebook at the Cajun conservative show. And I go ahead and I post stories. I go ahead and I give some opinions. I go ahead and I just, you know, I, I do a lot with it. I am working on a youth, um, a, a, a website right now. You know, I got uh, I'm, I got some final touches to do with it when that uh, goes ahead and drops. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all so you can go check out the new website. And this is all possible by um, Anchor. Anchor gave us a way, the, the hosting site for this podcast gave us a way to have a website. And I'm just uh, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm excited to see where this show's going to go. This week um, was very interesting. You know, while doing this show and, you know, last week some news dropped and I didn't catch it until after the show. So we're going to go ahead and talk about it today, which um, we had this week. The the one point nine trillion dollar package passed in the House of Representatives and only two things were amended in there because, you know, the Republicans brought like a hundred and something, one hundred and eighty, I think it was. And. Of course, the Democrats said, nah, we don't want those things. And I'm going to try to get into that a little later in this segment. But 
Um, starting on Sunday, the woke community, that's right, the people, that you can call it cancer culture, you can call it the woke community, they just went out on all cylinders, and it started Sunday. It started last Sunday. Today is the 2nd, the 28th of 2021. And we went ahead, and like I said, it was just, um, you know, I, you know, it, it it just it just amazes me. There was a news story that came out, and I got the news story from the buzz um, dot com. Now a lot of people say, "Well, ain't that a uh, is that a, is that a conservative website?" Yes, it is. But you know, it's pretty good to go ahead and get that information out. I'm looking for it right now. Yeah, there it is. All right. Um. So the Blaze TV went ahead and got this. Uh, they. Got this story. Disney Plus. And how many of y'all remember The Muppets? Now, I remember watching the movies. I don't I don't remember watching the new the the new show uh the Muppets show television program. I, I just don't. But the Muppets were apparently offensive starting last Sunday. Now, I said for all them years, I watched the movies of the Muppets, and I never seen anything of, uh, ain't, you know, too much offensive things about it. But Disney went ahead and threw this disclaimer on it. This program includes negative descriptions and or mistreatments of people of culture. Rather than remove this call, uh, content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and sp- uh, spark conversations to create more exclusive future uh, more exclusive future together so folks what what disney's telling you is hey it's offensive but we're not going to take it off because we still want the money and look i i still got my disney plus account uh, i hope i ain't making people upset by by saying that but you know i, I decided to keep mine but that started on sunday um they wanted to go ahead and tell hey you know fozzy bear kermit the frog miss piggy gonzo um Descript some type of person that, you know, you know, they, they, they discriminate against them. So guess what? We're going to go ahead and it's offensive and you should tell your kids not to watch this show. Um, it's only on adult um, profiles. If you know how streaming servers work, you have your kids profiles and all that. And then you can go ahead and change, you know, change it up, whatever. But the cancer culture says, hey, the, the, the Muppets are defensive and they're 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 pointing out certain cultures. Then the very next day, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday, one whatever one, but a couple of days later, we're going to say it like that just for the sake of argument. Um, Coca-Cola employees released that Coca-Cola told their employees, uh, their white employees, mind you, hey, y'all got to be less white. Now, we just went from a big platform saying, hey, you can't discriminate against races and cultures. But then you have another corporation come on and say, hey, y'all got to be less white. Now, I don't know about you folks. I, I'm a white male, and I don't know I don't know who's listening to this podcast. If you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever. We accept everybody here on the Cajun Conservative. But I, I find that very offensive as a white person. Because I feel you are going, you're, you, what you're doing is telling me because I'm white, and I don't have a good character or I'm racist or I'm, I'm all this stuff, which majority of the white people aren't racist. Majority of people are fun loving people that go ahead 
and they, you know, they accept everybody as they are. But uh, apparently the Coca-Cola, all white people have to be less white. Now, this is to their employees, but you know what they're they talking to. They pulled it down the next day, though. They, they pulled it down and said, look, um, you know, we were wrong for saying that. Well, I'm glad they did that, but the damage is already done, Coke. Coca-Cola is telling white people, hey, you have to be less white. And this is what bothers me, and this is why I think it's offensive and racist that Coca-Cola did that. Because you are determining the character of a person by the color of their skin. You know, we have people all over this nation saying that they're fighting racism. But as long as, as long apparently, as long as it isn't a white male or a white person, it's not racist. And that is a very, uh, the, the description of a racist is judging somebody by the color of their skin. That's, that's obvious. That's what a racist is. But Coca-Cola pulling out that racist statement, and I'm going to say what it is, a racist statement, that you're telling me I need to be less white. Now, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. God created us, and I'm not going to put the blame on God because God knows what, what we need and what he had, he put in us to, uh, um, look, I love, I love the Lord. The Lord made me white. I didn't have a choice. I didn't, I didn't have, uh, before I was born, I didn't go to the heavenly father up there and say, uh, dear heavenly father, you know, um, this world has a lot of troubles and I think it'll be a lot easier for me to be white. And he said, yes, son, bless you. And you're going to be white. No, when I was born, I really didn't have a choice or a say in the matter. God made me white. It's, it's obvious. So to tell some people, hey, you need to be less white. Um, we don't have a choice to be any less white. Unless you go ahead and go in a tanning booth for 20 hours and turn turn brown or turn dark or whatever you want to, you know, do that. But Coca-Cola telling people to be less white. Now, listen, I, I find that very offensive. Like I said, they took it down. They apologized. We shouldn't have said that. But the thing of it is, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's just... Um, it's it's sad, folks. It's sad that a, a major corporation like Coca-Cola and Disney Plus is trying to tell us how to not be racist in this country. And I, I'm going to be honest. We're going to deal into some more subjects later on. These are a lot of touchy subjects, and I wanted to make sure that I was in the right state of mind to do these shows. Because, look, as, as, a, as, a, as you know, I'm white. I'm a white male from Louisiana, from South Louisiana. That's... The name gives it away on the show, the Cajun Conservative Show. It shows that I'm from Louisiana, and I'm white. And I don't hate anybody. And I don't, I don't go ahead and judge somebody's character by the color of their skin. Racism is wrong. And if people are quick to call it out on white people, we should be able to call it out just as quick on corporations that call that that show racism to any color. Just not the white people, but any color. Black, white, Hispanic, anybody. And Coca-Cola making that statement and saying, you know, you gotta be less white. It just it, it really rubs me the long the wrong way. What they're trying to say is, hey, you gotta be reprogrammed. And I've been hearing that saying lately. You gotta be reprogrammed. Hey, we're gonna make these reprogramming camps. Or hey, you gotta go take a class and and show that you're not um you're not a bigot. Or you you know, if you say something wrong, uh, it was Todd Stearns when he worked at Fox News, they said, Hey, you gotta go take a class to learn how to talk. And I like Todd Stearns' response. He said, Look, 
I know how to talk. Why should I go go to a class and learn how to talk? I already know how to talk. The thing of it is, folks, they're trying to reprogram you to think in a leftist agenda way. You see, they, they want people to go ahead and think like a communist. They want people to go, go and think like a socialist. And see, free-willed Americans like me that says, no, I'm not going to rely on the government. No, I'm not going to go ahead. They want to reprogram us to follow what the government says. This ain't conspiracy. There's just common fact. So big corporations thinking, well, well we got to please those people as well. So we're going to tell white people to be less white. It's sad, folks. It's sad that, that a big corporation like Coca-Cola is telling, telling its employees, hey, you got to be less white. Now, this is, the, this is my problem with all this. You know, companies like the Blaze uh, Media, um, Daily Wire, and uh, even Christian uh, programming like CBN went ahead and reported this. But I don't know how much CNN reported it. I think the Daily Mail went ahead and reported it as well. But you, you don't hear a lot of people... A lot of the mainstream media talking about this. You know why? Because it fits their agenda. See, they believe that it was the mean white people in America that did all the wrong in this country. And if you go study history, it wasn't just white people that made mistakes. And also, especially wasn't conservatism. Majority of the mistakes made in this country were made by Democrats. Uh, one of them was the Emancipation Proclamation, which Abraham Lincoln went ahead and signed. The Democrats were not, they were against the Emancipation Proclamation. The Republicans were for it. Also, the, the Republicans went ahead and backed up the 1964 Civil Rights Laws. While the Democrats didn't want to do that. But the mistakes made are by conservatives and white people because we have to be less white. And, we, 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 and this, is, this is the thinking and process of anyone that's listened to this podcast and you're on the left. This is what the left thinks. Because they're white, they feel they got the denominator power, that they feel they need to be the leaders. And if you look at a white person like that, you're racist. Because you think that because of a person's skin is white, they hate everybody. They're racist, they're homophobes, they're bigots, whatever. Whatever you want to label that. And that, I'm sorry, the definition of racism is judging somebody by the color of their skin. I can't stretch that enough. And, and just for Coca-Cola to say that, it just, I, I, I can't stretch it enough. It is, it's, it's horrendous. Now, um, we also have, we have a, a, a very popular toy. This week also is getting revamped, as you can say. How many of y'all remember the Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head? You know, I, I have two, two, I have three kids. Two of them are toddlers. And I bought probably like 12 potato heads so far. The most aggravating thing about a Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head, you lose every piece. I remember my wife, when my wife got one, she super glued them so they wouldn't lose and they still came off. But uh, Hasbro's, the the toy manufacturer for the potato heads, said they're going to go ahead and change it. The Mr. Potato Head, the Mr. is not going to be in the high headline no more. The Mrs. Potato Head ain't going to be in the high line. 
in, in instead what they're gonna do is they're gonna go and make a potato head that's gender neutral. Um, it's gonna be it's just gonna be called potato head. Now this toy's been around for seventy years, but the company said that the, uh, they announced um uh on the twenty fifth of February that they were going to remove, like I said, the Mr. Potato Head. They announced it's going to be the, the Potato Head. Now, like I said, folks, <laughs> this toy's been around for 70 years, and I never thought about, you know, looking at it. I never said, wow, that's is, that's stopping equality. That is stopping um, kids from thinking about their sexuality. I'm not for transgenderism, by the way. But... It's funny how they want to please this group of people. They want to please this group of people that that are probably, I think, less than 1% of the population. But yes, folks, Mr. Potato Head, unfortunately, is no longer Mr. Potato Head. It is just Potato Head. And they're going to go ahead and put gender-neutral parts in there. Folks, uh, look, the woke community is up in arms this week. Like I said, I'm going to go back to Coca-Cola from Coca-Cola telling us, hey, y'all got to be less white and saying the Muppets are racist. And they 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 go ahead and they 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 show um, they, the nominus over other cultures and everything like that to Mr. Potato Head being they saying, hey, we're going to put uh, Mr. Potato Head as gender neutral. You know, what this points to folks with all these stories, these three stories I just talked about in this short amount of time. They're trying to educate us. See, the next generation um, that comes up is going to be our next politicians, going to be the next school teachers, going to be our next talk show hosts on podcasts, going to be the next news anchors. And if you can, if you can go ahead and and train up a kid to believe a certain way, it's dangerous. Now, like I said, I'm just it. These three stories are really bothering me because one, one's a, one's a kid show, one's a kid's toy. And the other one's a favorite beverage of everybody. Coca-Cola. I know some people that have Coca-Cola relics. You know, there's a, uh, there's a the local jockey lot where it's like a flea market. There's one person that's all they normally sell is Coca-Cola stuff It's rare, but it's, it's just sad to me folks that we are living in a society today. That's trying to please a small group of people, which we're going to talk more about genderism and all that into the next segment coming up shortly. But for, but for these people to go ahead and try to install us with this stuff and, and try to make this the new normal, you know, and look, trying to make money off of it. See, hey, we can't offend the, the, the people that don't believe in transgender, but we're going to go ahead and still make Potato Head gender neutral. Um, Coca-Cola pulling back their statement about being less white. Hey, we, we made people mad, so we have to tell them sorry, but hey, that's how we really feel. And then the Muppets, Disney. Hey, we think it's wrong, but we're not going to pull off so we make the money. This country is going in the wrong direction. I'll be right back.
For delivering material to a job site, Acadiana uses Hayes Dump Truck Services. Since 2011, Hayes has been moving heaven and earth to job sites all over Acadiana with their top-of-the-line dump trucks. Whether it's a huge landscaping job or a pre-construction site, Hayes has the manpower and equipment to move the materials fast, fast. You call, we haul. Dirt, compost, gravel, topsoil, fill sand, and limestone. Call Hayes right now, 852-8043. Hayes Dump Truck Services, where Jesus is Lord of this company. Yes, hold on to the light, folks, because we're going into dark times. And if we listen to the light of the world, he will lead us through. Amen. All right, so uh, I'm going to announce again in the third segment, the very next segment of this podcast, we're going to have Chad Chad Conley, the fifth congressional, uh, fifth, he's running for the fifth congressional seat in Louisiana. Um, great man. I've, I've, I've talked to him a few times before the interview, and uh, I, I think he got some good ideas. And we're going to see what happens in that race over there. So, guys, we have a couple of things that, um, let's just say like this, have hit the news very, very hard this week. Um, one, a California bill would force retail stores to use gender-neutral sign- uh, sign- uh, signage. So basically what they want to do in California is say, you know, we can't like, like, like the last time I was talking about Mr. Potato Head, they want to uh, put gender neutral parts in there so it don't offend people or don't don't hurt nobody. So apparently in California is saying the same thing. Listen, you know, all y'all stores, if y'all have like um, Barbie or if y'all have... Um, you know, something for a, for a boy, you know, firearms or whatever. You can't put it as just for girls and just for guys. Because you see, that's going to go ahead and and mess up the, the child's, you know, if they want to be a boy or a girl. So, so y'all can't do that no more. They want to pass this bill and they want to find retail stores. So private companies can't even do what they what they want to do in their own company. And look, people saying, well, this this ain't communism, this ain't socialism. Yes, it is. To go into a private business and tell them, hey, y'all can't put up that sign is wrong. Shouldn't be done. And that's happening, of course, in the great state of California, which is being run in the ground. By um, by liberals. Also, this week, I want to go ahead and um, I want to say um that the one point one point nine trillion dollar bill passed also in the House of Representatives, going back to the Senate. And the big issue that right there is going to be the minimum wage hike. Uh, Congress said they want to do it, but Senate the something I can't remember what it was, but the Senate said they they can't vote for it. Uh, I got the article right here from Fox News. I'm going to go ahead and read that. That happened Saturday, by the way, too. And it's funny that this bill happened in the dead of night. This bill happened at 2.30 a.m. Saturday morning. 
Why so late? Now, two Democrats voted against this, by the way. I want to talk about the bipartisanism right there that no other news network except Fox News and a few uh, conservative outlets are talking about. We had we had bipartisanism on this bill. Two Democrats, two Democrats went ahead and voted against this bill, but you won't hear that on CNN. Um, the House of Representatives approved the massive $1.9 trillion stimulus package early Saturday. The sixth COVID bill passed since the pandemic began. The vote around 2 a.m., uh, was 219 to 212. Remember, two Democrats went in. Now, you got to realize something, too. We're talking about these uh, special congressional seats in Louisiana. Curtis Richmond went to work for the Biden administration, and Luke Ledlow passed away due to complications of COVID-19 in December. So you got, still got two con- uh, congressional seats not filled, and it's being run in special elections, and it's both in Louisiana. Uh, the two Democrats that voted was Jared Golder of Maine and Kirk Sharder of Oregon, I believe it is. I hope I said his name right. Um, it needs to get passed, but at the same time, it's going to the Senate, where the Senate itself said it won't do because of um. There's somebody made a ruling. I'm trying to find it, but um. Anyhow, so but anyway, and look on on this bill. It's funny how Maxine Waters really wants unity. Uh, Maxine Waters were, was was quoted by Fox News. Republicans, you ought to be part of this. But if you're not, we're going to go without you. That's right. Hey, heck, on working together. We're just going to pass this bill, and we're going to go ahead and ruin the nation. Do you know that this $15 minimum wage, and look, I'm, I'm for people making money. I'm, I'm for it. But this $15 minimum wage would make us lose 1.9 million jobs in this nation because of the $15 hike. Now, look, these stimulus packages, I really don't agree with these stimulus packages to begin with. I think it's hurting our nation. And I think it's going to go ahead and and really mess up the economy. Because, you know, people, and look, I'm, gonna, I'm about to make an argument on some a few things. But a lot of liberals, when they debate these issues, they don't go ahead and debate the roots in it. They don't go into the mud and dig into the mud. They go ahead and they look at the surface. Cause look how, how good that sounds folks on, on this trillion dollar pack. Cause that's the main thing. I don't even know why they're putting a, uh, a minimum wage hike and a COVID bill, but this is what happens all the time. They pass a bill and you're like, wait, they passed that law. When did they pass? Oh, they put it in that bill and that bill has nothing to do with it. Look, the last stimulus package they did, they sent, I don't know how many millions overseas. And when people ask, well, what does that have to do with the stimulus package? It does. It, there's nothing to do with COVID-19, but we just want to give this money away. We have so much money in this country, apparently, that we can give it to other countries. That was the last stimulus package. Now, look, a $15 minimum, a minimum, minimum wage hike. They're like, oh, well, this is going to help people. And like I said, they're arguing from the service because, yeah, getting $15, doing a $15 minimum wage looks good on the surface. But these small businesses that won't be able to do it are going to have to either close their doors or cut their staff. So that means the employment rate is going to go up and they got to live on the government. So, so, but anyway, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these liberals don't, don't argue the facts. They don't go into the weeds and dig out the weeds. They go ahead and they just look at the surface and they say, well, yeah, that, you know, Hey, more money for more people. Hey, that's good. Let's do that. So, but that, that was passed. And look, I don't think it's going to pass the Senate. Um, Mainly because the reason is that the Senate said that you can't put that in a COVID bill. That 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 don't have nothing to do with this COVID relief. And look, half this money ain't even going to people. 
You know, they go into the, we're going to give $1,400 to people. Okay, great. Where's the rest of the money going to go? Oh, it's going to go to this company and that company and this company and that company, and they're all run by liberals. Or are we going to send it to New York? Are we going to send it to uh, California? Hey, we're going to even send some to Louisiana. Failing states under Democrat control, by the way. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like our system of government in Louisiana right now. Because John Bell Edwards told to a storm to get more federal money, and that's how he's staying above the budget. When John is, when John Bell Edwards gets out of office, the state of Louisiana is going to be in some trouble. I pity the next governor, unless he's a Democrat and he does what John Bell does, and they, he might get away with it. But the Senate went ahead and said, no, that, that won't better go into the bill. So it's going to hit into some roll snacks in the Senate, and I don't know what the Democrats are doing, if they're going to all team. If it goes 50-50, Colin Harris can come in there, it's going to pass. Which Biden promised that in the, um, in the campaign trail. Look at this from the dailycaller.com. House passes Equality Act provides civil rights protections to gay and transgender people. This is uh, the Daily Caller, as I said. And um, this was passed... I believe the day uh, on the 25th of 2021. That's when the article was written. But I'm going to read a couple of quotes from this news article here. And I'm going to give you my opinion. The House of Representatives passed the Equality Act on Thursday afternoon, which will impact abortions, marriage, family, gender, sports, and more. See, folks, what this is going to do is, and it was passed with 224-206. Uh, we had, I believe, Three Republicans voted in favor of it. And what it's going to do, it would amend the 1964 Civil Rights Act in, the, uh, in order to prevent discrimination or base, on basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. So basically what it's going to do, folks, is they want to go ahead and extend the Civil Rights Act towards um, transgenders and gay people. Because the thought process, and look, I'm going to talk about the surface. Look at the surface, people, for a second. The surface is this, that, you know, these people are mistreated. And these people uh, can't go to the restroom like they want. Transgender women can't compete in a women's sport because their birth certificate says they're men. When they, they change their sex to woman to be a woman um, looking at the service and people are like, Oh yeah, man, poor, poor, them poor people, them poor people that they, they can't, they can't compete in a, a, a race against women when they identify as a woman and they're men. And it just, and, and you know, they can't go to the, the restroom of their choice because their birth certificate said they're a man, but they really turned themselves into a woman. Also, apparently it's going to, it's going to impact some, uh, the, you know, the, the abortion rate is going to, uh, impact a lot more than just that. But Hey, that's, that's what, that's what they want to do. My problem with this bill, if you look into the weeds, it takes a lot of people's rights away. As a lot of you know, I am a Bible believing Christian. The Bible says in Leviticus and in Romans that it's wrong to be homosexual. And that you shouldn't do that. So that's my first take of that. Now, a lot of people might say, well, you, 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 you're trusting the Bible. Yes. Look, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I feel that I have seen enough proof in my life to say that God is real. 
Jesus Christ did come to this earth and die for us. And that the Bible has been proven more than once. But, but if you look at this, if you look at this bill, it's going to silence the Christians. So to give civil rights and special rights to individuals that identify as a woman or a man through, uh, through uh, surgery of, and to become transgender, you got to take away the rights of Christians. Because apparently in this bill, they're trying to force that if you're a Christian and you speak against them, you can be fine, consider as hate speech. And I was talking to a friend at church today, and he said that when it's when you know you pass this bill, it's going to become as the normal. In five years, they're going to move the goalposts again, and it's coming to a point to where they want to go ahead and stop the Christian voice. It's wrong to go ahead and talk about them like that. Now, as a Christian, I have every right to believe that, like they have every right in the world to be gay or to go do transgenderism surgery. That this country, you have the right to do that. No one's stopping them. But you see, they want to go ahead and add on to the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to, to include them. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. If you look back in 1964 when that bill was passed, black people could not drink from the same fountain as white people. That was wrong. I'm man enough to say that. That was wrong. Also, black people could not go use the restroom unless it was labeled for black people. How, I don't know how many of y'all watched the Jackie Robinson story, uh, 42. And they, they had a part in that show. And I, is it true? Is it not? I don't know. But it was around the same area, around the same time. And most of that story was based on truth anyway. Jackie Robinson went into a restroom when he, and he was supposed to go on a plane. He got out the bathroom, went get his ticket. They told him, oh, we sold your ticket. For the main purpose of him going to use a restroom that he wasn't supposed to go into. That's what was going on back in the 1960s. Now, you might try to say the argument that, oh, well, Isaac, they're doing that today. Really? God made a male and female. I'm going to quote the Bible again in Genesis. Okay, God called a male and female. When you're born, there's a unique way to, to see if you're a male or a female. I had three kids, two sons and one daughter. Very easy to tell how they how they different, but these are people that 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 identify. They they go ahead and they say, "Well, I'm not a." One day they 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 they're thinking they say, "Huh, I'm not a man. I'm a woman," or vice versa. A man might say, "Man, I think I should have been a woman." So they go ahead and they do surgery and everything. They want them to go into the restrooms. Now, look, I'm sorry if you look at some um some people, you can't tell the difference. But this is my argument about it. Why give them special rights? Oh, wait, Isaac, you're not for them having civil rights? Hey, they can go. They can do whatever they want in the privacy of their home. But when they come out in public, they're dealing with the public. So if you're going to go ahead and look, and I have a, had a good friend that told me that. He said, it's very easy to fix this. You make a man's bathroom, a woman's bathroom, and you make a unisex bathroom, which a lot of Walmarts have. A lot of stores do have. But this is what gets me, and this is the thing. If anybody, let's just say um, somebody that didn't go through the surgery of transgenderism, they go ahead and a man wakes up one day and he's walking in Walmart or Target or wherever and says, I feel like a woman and goes into a woman's bathroom. Now, I would like to ask any man, you're sitting down waiting on your wife outside the restroom, and a man or even a, uh, a daughter or whatever, a female relative, and that man walks into the woman's bathroom. 
Now, don't get me wrong. There, there is some mistakes. Some people walk into the wrong bathroom. It happens. But if you don't turn around, oh, this is one guy and turn around and go to the other one. He stays in there and you ask him, man, what you doing? Oh, I identified as a woman. I just, I like to ask any man that w- would you feel comfortable with a man walking into a woman's bathroom with your wife or daughter or your, some female relative in there? Of course not. This bill is bad on a lot of areas. This is one of the, the main reason that I'm, I'm, first off, I'm against homosexuality and transgen- transgenderism. Now, before you call me a homophobe, I have friends that ha- that are gay. You know, it, it, I you know I, I I talk to some of them on a regular basis. This is my take. I'm not you know I can tell them what the Bible says, but they have a choice to go ahead and to acknowledge it or to reject it. We're still in a free country to where you can you can make your own decisions. What gets me about this bill, though, is taking the rights of Christians and the rights of certain people and telling them, hey, you know, because, you know, you you believe it's wrong, you can't speak against it. But they can go in their own bathroom. So this is my this is look on a political sense. This is why I don't like it. It's taking away the First Amendment right. To the Christians and to anyone else that believes that homosexuality is wrong. If you believe in the Bible, you you can't believe that a homosexual is is homosexuality is right. But it goes to the point of this: Do you want your freedoms taken away? If you dis if you disagree with it, they can tell you, "Hey, you can't speak about that. That's wrong to do that. You can't talk like that." So they're taking away the Christians' rights, but they're going to give them special rights. You you it, it don't make sense. And look, I'm for civil rights. I think every person in America should have civil rights. We shouldn't look at skin color. We shouldn't look at genderism to say between a man and a woman, you know, a woman can make more money than a man or da 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 whatever. I'm against it to at the point to where they say, you know, you're you're tra- you because you, you're gay or you you're transgender, you have special rights. And because you have special, and they say, well, what about them? Oh, because they disagree with it, we're going to take rights away from them. And look, folks, you know you know what this sounds like? In a nutshell, socialism. Now, you remember the Democrats say, we don't believe in socialism. But it's funny how when I talked about, you know, companies telling people, hey, you know, this is racism or, you know, you need to be less white and everything. And then the government come and say, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. Telling private business owners to to make sure their signage ain't gen, uh, ain't showing one particular gender. It got to be gender neutral. And this bill, the, uh, the Democrats and politicians telling people, hey, you know, uh, if you believe in this certain way, you're going to go to jail or you're going to go ahead and you're going to face heavy fines for coming against the, the, the transgender community. It, I'm just, it, it just, it just, that's, that's, that's how, in the nutshell, what it is. And that's why I'm against it. It's taking away the rights of a certain group and giving special rights to another group when they shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that way. And like I said, the 1964 act, if you look at that, it was because there was really segregation going on of the black people and it needed to be fixed. And like I said, if people remember, you know, Democrats are always saying, well, we're the party of, of the minorities. They weren't in. 
They were against that Equality Act back, uh, the 1964 Act. My prediction for this bill, I don't think it's going to go nowhere. It went in the House, but when it goes in the Senate, because it's, a, because it's an existing law, it needs 60%, it needs 60 votes in the Senate. Unless we have some really, really left-winging Republicans, I don't think it's going to go, it's going to pass. For sure, I know it's not going to get Mitt Romney's vote. Mitt Romney's supposed to be a Mormon. That don't say much because he has been going against everything that, that I think is right. We have to see what happens, folks. But like I said, this 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 nation's going through a dark, dark tunnel. When we come back, we're going to have Chad Conley, the fit, a candidate for the 5th Congressional District in Louisiana as he runs for that special election. We're going to get his views, thoughts, and his progress on the campaign. Y'all be, I'll be right back. He paid it all. He paid it all for me. That lonesome walk to the hill of Calvary. They drove nails in his feet and hands. He paid it all. Paid it all. How you doing, everybody? Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative. And I want to go ahead and introduce to y'all, he is running for the 5th Congressional District seat in Louisiana, who which was held previously by Ralph Abraham and was won back in November by Luke Ledlow. But unfortunately, Luke Ledlow passed away from COVID-19. So we have a special election going on here in the great state of Louisiana. Two, actually, we had... Claston Bernard last week from the 2nd District. We have Chad Conley from the 5th Congressional District running for that seat out there uh, to be the next congressman of the great state of Louisiana. Mr. Chad, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Very excited to be on your program, and I certainly appreciate you having me. Oh, that's no problem. I, I, I told Mr. Bernard last week, I really can't help two other in much ways, but to get the word out about good conservatives out there to um to to for people to hear their opinions and their voice in their districts uh we have a we have a lot of people that listen in the state of louisiana and i believe we have a lot of them in the fifth congressional district and um we, we want to get your name out there and uh let let all the options be heard in that district yeah yeah well, well i certainly appreciate that because i will tell you right now it's been very frustrating as an outsider trying to gain any traction, I, I actually gained great momentum, but it's been very difficult because there really haven't been any um, public debates, not many forums, and it's uh, it's just been a real challenge. So I certainly appreciate you um, taking a few moments to uh, to let me introduce myself. Oh, that's no problem, my brother. I'm glad to help. Um, Mr. Chad, before we go on um... – Let's tell the voters a little bit about yourself. What um, what's your background? Uh, you you said you're an outsider. You you're not. You haven't been in politics, uh, very long. This is your first, uh, run at at a, a public seat. What is uh, what would you, what's your background and um, uh, and what made you come to this decision to run in the the fifth district? 
Sure, sure. So first to tell you a little bit about my background. I uh, was born in Alexandria, Louisiana, and raised in Kentwood, Louisiana on a dairy farm. So I uh, went through most of my school years, you know, waking up at four o'clock, going to milk the cows. So I definitely understand a long day, long, hard day's work. And then after I graduated high school, I went to LSU, uh, took a semester off to enlist in the Louisiana Air National Guard. And then I went back to LSU, earned a Bachelor of Science in Ag Business. So I have an Ag Business degree from LSU, and then I also earned my ROTC commission from LSU and joined the Air Force. I spent 22 years in the Air Force as a um, financial manager. So almost that entire time was dealing with the federal budget, which of course is is a critical aspect of um, Congress. And I retired as a Fulbright Colonel from the Air Force, and then I returned in 2014 back to my family farm and helped my dad transition from dairy cattle to beef cattle. And then uh, we sold the beef cattle just a couple of years ago, and now we're transitioning to pine trees. So I'm a I'm a farmer in the fifth congressional district, which is um, you know a very rural district, as, as I'm sure you know. And uh, kind of what happened as far as what drove me into politics, I'm not going to lie to you. On January 5th, I was a, a farmer and a retired Air Force officer living a good life. I, I have no desire. I was a political junkie as far as listening to politics, but I had no desire to enter politics whatsoever. I was completely happy with my life. But those those events on January 6th, man, the, the way the, the media lumped all 74 million Trump supporters in with those few hundred idiots that stormed the Capitol and the way the media, you know, smeared those 10,000 peaceful protesters up there that just had concerns about election integrity. All that was just more than I could take. And I, and I knew I had the experience to do the job. And I also knew that we're never going to fix this problem in D.C. if we keep sending insiders up there. So I said, I've got uh, the, the the knowledge, the unique knowledge. Uh, one of my jobs while I was in the Air Force was to serve as the Director of Resource Management for the White House Communications Agency So in Washington, D.C. So I always tell people that I'm not of the swamp, but I deeply understand the swamp. And so that's what I think we need. I think we need an outsider up there to just um, kind of shake things up and try to start um, reducing that toxic environment that we see in D.C. And you, you're talking about that with the media. You know, I, I'm part of the media in some form with the podcast and stuff like that. And I understand what you're saying because I get in debates with a lot of people about the media and their double standards. They say there ain't no double standards. Um, but use the Capitol Rise, for example. You know, they they go ahead and they, 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 they like you said, all us Trump supporters, we, you know, I wasn't in Washington. And I'm part of the 75 million. I'm proud to say I voted for Trump. But uh, they lump us all into that. It's kind of like uh, in my first segment, I talked about Coca-Cola saying we all need to be less white. And the media didn't even call nothing about them. I call that racism. But they, they go ahead and they, they lumped all, all the all the white people to saying, look, hey, you need to be less white because you all have money, you have you got power, you got fame and all that. And not everyone has that. It's funny how the media and the left just clumps one group of people into this big basket of deplorables as Hillary Clinton said that and that, that's not true not not every one of them did that on January 6th no absolutely you're right and you know that the media um, one of my primary platforms is um, we've got to stop the media censorship you know um, the conservative thought it, it just has to flow freely in America and 
I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the way they censored the New York Post story on Hunter Biden and things yes. like that. It, it, it was just, you know, I'm all for uh, public debate on some of the um, the most difficult issues of the day, but the, it's got to be an open and honest debate with both sides, you know, the voices of both sides being heard. And, and I think that's kind of a challenge right now. So we certainly have to rein in, in my opinion, big tech's uh, monopoly and just make sure that conservative thought can flow freely. And then certainly I'm, I'm willing to debate all the issues of the day against, um, you know, people on the left. But it's, it's just got to be an even playing field. Right, right. Now I got a question to ask you because I heard this. Uh, you did an interview uh, with Moon Gafon a while back. You said that um, the Republican Party, I, we, I'm seeing your um your your competitors for this seat uh you have San, uh, Sandra Candy uh Christopher that's uh, the only democrat in the race but you have t- uh, nine other republicans running for that one of them being Julie Letlow which the LA GOP uh endorsed uh, a while back and then you have uh two non-party affiliates running so there's 12 people running total in this seat that you uh you got um did did do you have any endorsements from the Louisiana GOP? Because I heard that they had some issues. Uh, you trying to present your case to them, and they didn't want to hear it. Yes, I tell you what. Uh, when I first talked to my wife about getting into politics, well, and, and before I answer that question, let me just say this: one of my main motivating factors to run into politics was because back in 1970, 80 percent of the members of Congress had prior military service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're in the military. Uh, you learn to put country before self. So 80% were in the military. Well, today it's less than 18%. So we need more military wow. officers up there. Well, I know it is. It, 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 that's one of the problems with Congress. Um, so when I decided to run, I, I found out on a Friday, Friday the 29th of January, that the state party was meeting to endorse Miss Letlow by unanimous consent the next day. And I'm sitting here saying, wait, I'm a combat veteran. I'm a farmer, I'm a retired Air Force colonel, and I've got 22 years of federal budget experience, and they don't even want to hear from me. So I called the state GOP up, and I demanded uh, basically just five minutes, give me five minutes to present my case. And they agreed to do so, but then they released the state uh, party members for lunch and told them they had to go grab their lunch and eat it out in the courtyard. So they released the entire delegation for lunch, and then called me up to speak to the empty room and basically then shortened my five minutes down to two minutes. So the state party basically gave me two minutes to talk to an empty room and then less than 20 minutes later endorsed my opponent by unanimous consent. And see, that's the kind of swampy things right here in Baton Rouge. We have them in D.C., we have them in Baton Rouge, we have them in in parish executive committees. And that's, that's just not what the people want. The people are ready for a change. They're ready for somebody that's going to fight for them and, and not for establishment insiders. Right. And in that, in that district right there, I, I did some research in that district. I believe it was 67% that voted for Ralph Abraham, which Ralph Abraham was a great congressman, in my opinion. I hate to see him go. Uh, I think Luke would have did a good job in that seat. Unfortunately for COVID, uh, it messed up that that plan right there um but you y'all that district the fifth district is very heavy republican and you know you you, my first thing was 10 republicans running that's a that's a big field right there to compete in and you 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 have an uphill battle 
Well, you know, I'm I'm actually it is an uphill battle. I knew from the beginning it'd be an uphill battle. What I did not anticipate is, uh, you know, I, when I first decided into the race, I did not know if Miss Sutlow was running or not. And and you'll you'll never hear me say a bad word about Miss Sutlow. I am, in, in some ways, I don't feel like I'm running against her. I feel like I'm running against the entire Republican establishment. Um, and and it should be an uphill battle for an outsider. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm up that challenge. And my campaign's been gaining um, just incredible momentum. I just, I don't believe, you know, and a good example of this is there are um, what, nine or 10 Republicans in the race. So why has the state GOP not held a debate, a forum mm-hmm. to, to put us all out on the stage and inform the populace of our qualifications? You know, that's um, unthinkable to me. I, I know the answer to that. The answer to that is, um, that they have a chosen candidate, and and it, I think that's kind of sad. But yeah, the, the state GOP is not interested in learning the qualifications of their candidates of the the, the broad field of candidates. Um, however, I I have a great ga- ground game. Um, I I do not have a comp- campaign staff at all. Um, I have a couple of hardworking volunteers, but um, I am a campaign staff of one, and I'm not taking any payment. So every Every dollar that I'm getting, it's either seed money that I put in myself or is going into direct marketing. But I have people that's just hearing my message and it's resonating that we need an outsider in D.C. And I think that um, that momentum is going to carry me. Um, I, you know, obviously, my biggest challenge is to make it into a runoff. And then at that point, I think the establishment candidate would, will have to uh, face me on a on a debate stage at that point. Right now, I'm, I'm going to be. Um, if this thing would go into a runoff, nine out of ten, you'd be facing the Democrat Party's uh, candidate, uh, Miss Candy. Um, I did some research into her too, and uh, her website is full of leftist agenda. Um, you know, leftist agenda ideology. Let's say it like that. Uh, one is the Second Amendment, which here in Louisiana, we we have a lot of people that like their guns and. You mean a military man, you know why the Second Amendment was placed there. But according to Miss Candy, she says that the Second Amendment is for hunting. And, <laughs> you know, I, I want to ask you, you know, um, it, it's whoever makes it, if, if this thing goes to a runoff, you get what I'm saying? But uh, which I don't right. see her making that making that next threshold going into that part. Because, like I said, y'all are heavy Republican district out there. Um you know what? What do you tell people like Miss Candy and them on the left that about this the Second Amendment? Because the the Second Amendment is there for a reason, and it's not for hunting. Right, right. Well, first of all, um, let me say this. You know, back in December, the runoff was between two Republicans, so I think that um, that's very likely to be the scenario this time as well. Um, but. Um, should it be uh, myself and Miss Kristoff, I will tell you this. Um, I am, uh, well, even against really any other Republican that I'm aware of in the field, I am as pro-Second Amendment as they come. Um, I was talking to someone just yesterday, and, of course, I said this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but he said, how how Second Amendment, how pro-Second Amendment are you? And I said, well, if I, if I could afford... Um, to buy a tank and use it responsibly, I should be able to, you know, and that's obviously a little bit of exaggeration for emphasis. But my point is when, um, when a gun is used for a crime, the gun did not commit the crime. The individual committed the crime. And what we need to do is hold 
individuals responsible and not um, penalize law-abiding gun owners for the actions of uh, criminals. Yeah, it's not like I said that last week. Uh, you mentioned that I said that uh, on the podcast in my, I think it was my second or third segment where I said they're they're blaming uh, the Democrats right now. Want to blame gun manufacturers? Bill Joe Biden wants to blame gun manufacturers and find gun manufacturers for a murder that they did not commit. All they did was um, put the gun out there, and there's in their argument, they're like, "Well, they made the gun, that's why it's out there." It, it, it's, it's stupid what they're they're saying about that. It's not the gun manufacturer. It's not the gun. Um, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, and, and you know, there's there's examples of that all over the place. But you know, about suing the gun manufacturers, that's the equivalent of suing Chrysler because somebody runs over, you know, because of a drunk driving accident. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right, right. So I, I got uh, as a as a Christian and a believer of Jesus Christ. I um, I hold life very very sacred. I think that life starts at conception. Um, God said He knew us before we were formed in the womb. Um, Mister um, Conley, what is your stance on abortion, and what do you think if you make it to Congress? What are you going to do to to advance or decline abortion rights? I am one hundred percent pro life. I also believe life begins at conception. And I will do everything in my power to fight for the um, the unborn. You know, some of the things that's just that that we're hearing about is is disgraceful. You know, the um, partial birth abortions, things like that. Um, so, you know, the it, it, it's a challenging issue. It is because um, you know, and, and that's I guess my most frustrating aspect of whether it's the pro life, post Second Amendment free speech, any of these issues when you get to Congress is, uh, you know, when I get up there, I'm, I'm one vote, you know, and, but I am also one voice and I will fight every day for the unborn. Um, but what I think we really need is we need um, to start getting more outsiders up there, people that are less, um, I hate to use the word swamp because so many people use it, as being, but that's really what it is. It's just, it's, it's a swampy place up there. And there are a lot of pro-life um, conservatives, right? But we 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 just still we need pro-life conservatives that are not um, in the system, if, if you know what I mean. Right. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but but no, I I am one hundred percent pro-life, and I believe that um, life starts at conception. I know I'm going to make a lot of my friends on the left mad, but we need a lot more Donald Trumps up there, outsiders, and someone like you. And I use uh, our congressman, which has been there for a while, I think for four years now, Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins, when he started, was an outsider, and he had no political um, experience besides being a colonel in the uh, U.S. Marshals, or the, uh, the Lafayette Marshals here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yes. Well, I proudly voted for Donald Trump both times, so I, I am a Trump supporter. Um, and I, I would probably say that um, Representative Higgins very closely represents um, my philosophy should I be elected. Hey, hey, that day you got some more congressmen like you and him. We will, uh, we might have a different country, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Mr. Conley, we have a few minutes left. Uh, I want to go ahead and ask you, you know, 
Um, unfortunately, I am not in your district and I can't vote. But like I said, I, I believe I got some audience up there in Monroe and uh, and in District 5 of this great state that we live in. Um, if you had a chance to talk to a voter right now and tell them your your philosophy and your, your agenda for one to be in Congress, and uh, what would you tell them right now in a, in a closing statement to this podcast? Sure. Well, first, I would say that the number one job is we have to open up the economy. We have to open it up safely, but immediately. After that, one of my first um, items that I would like to see Congress address is the big tech censorship so that um, conservative thought flows freely. And then I'm, I'm pro-life, pro-Second Amendment. I am uh, big into rural development, and I believe we need to work on rural broadband. I am actually running my congressional campaign off of a hotspot because um, the Internet is uh, terrible in the country where I live. It's satellite Internet. So uh, we have to get broadband out to the to the country, and that would be a huge focus. Um, and then in, in addition to that, it's just it's reducing the toxic environment. You know, one of the things that if, I, if elected, it'll be solely due, due to the people of the fifth, not the um, political forces of the fifth. So I'll be responsible to them. And um, and I would try to bring more like-minded outsiders into Congress in any way I could. And if, if folks are interested in learning more about me, they can go to ConnerlyForCongress.com. And the Connerly is C-O-N-E-R-L-Y for Congress.com. Or Chad, I'm sorry, or Connerly for Congress with spaces in there on Facebook also has a lot of great information. So that's the main thing is, uh, you know, we're having a hard time getting our message out because we're not getting any help from the Louisiana Republican Party. So if, if people will go out and like my page and share my page, and if they find me to be a worthy candidate, donate, donate a few bucks at ConnerlyForCongress.com. That's, that's how I'm having to do it, grassroots 100%. Hey, that's how some of the great politicians started out, Mr. Connolly. Absolutely. And that's right. what we need is more outsiders. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. Conley, thank you again for coming on the Cajun Conservative. Uh, great, great having you. And um, if you ever need, man, if you if you want to get some message out, let me know. I'll gladly put you all back on and uh, help you all out as best I can. You know, we need a we need a good Republican out there. Nothing against Miss Letlow and everything. And, uh, you know, just I'm just hoping a good conservative Republican gets in there and fights for the conservative views. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. No problem, sir. All right, guys, that was Mr. Chad Conley. He is running for the 5th Congressional District seat that was held by Luke Lello. Unfortunately, passed away uh, in December. And, um, you know, pray for his family. And let's see how this race goes. You know, uh, we we have people that, that are running this country that is running it into the ground. But if we get people like Mr. Conley and other people that are like-minded like us, we could change this country around. I'm Isaac Hayes, the Cajun Conservative. I want to thank you again for listening to us this week. Go like us on Facebook. We got a website coming up pretty soon. So you want to be looking out for that at the Cajun Conservative on Facebook. Also go subscribe and leave us a, a review on the platform that you listen to the podcast on. Remember, Jesus is on the throne. He will never be dethroned. He'll never be impeached. And no matter what the Democrats do, he's still King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. Until next week, y'all have a good week.